You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how to set price points for your products and services. Pricing your offering is a way that reflects the value that you provide, and it's important to your ultimate success. We'll explore some strategies for determining the right price points for you and your clients, so stay tuned. That's up in a bit. But first up is our success interview. And today we're talking with content marketing expert and the founder of Content Creation Coach, Sarah Schwab. Have you ever heard the saying, content is king? In today's online world, having great content is really the key to reaching more clients, growing your business, and making a bigger difference. I'm really excited to talk to Sarah today about her business, what prompted her to launch it, and where she sees it going. And I'm sure she's got a couple tips on creating content that she can share with us. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you, John Mel. It's fantastic to be here. I'm really excited for our conversation because I know a lot of people struggle with creating content, and it's something that overwhelms so many people. But before we get into that, I'd love to start our conversation by asking our guests to share just a little bit about themselves, how they started their business, and where their business has evolved over time. Absolutely. Um, for that story, I'm trying to think how far to go back, but really, you know, the entrepreneurial bug bit me a long time ago. My dad was a small business owner, and I've always wanted to have my own business, and it was always just kind of a question of when was the right time and what was it going to be. <laughs> and so uh, about five years ago was that time. I had had a number of jobs. Um, my, I married my husband, we have three kids, and we actually ended up spending a year abroad um, for my husband's fellowship. And so it was when we returned, the kids were old enough and kind of starting school, and I thought this is, this is the time. And I started my business um, as sort of a general marketing business. And because that's where I had some expertise, I've always been creative. And that was fine for a while, and a lot of early business owners will recognize this, but I had you know, people coming at me and saying, can you do this, and can you help me with my sales page, and can you help me with this? And I would say, sure. <laughs> and it took me the first year about to really figure out what my niche was going to be and figuring out that it was content. 
And I will tell you, you know, four or five years ago, that word was not nearly the buzzword that it is today. <laughs> I would say I'm the content creation coach, which was a – I rebranded myself into that. Um, and people would say, what does that mean? You know, I, <laughs> they, uh-huh. they, they would have no idea. Um, so it's been a journey since then, and I've created this this strategy and way of, of explaining it to people and really helping people to make it work for them in their business. It's been very exciting. I love that. And I love that you've really, you took what you know and, you know, you started there because you've got to start someplace. And then I find that the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that listen to what their clients and the people that they're connecting with are asking for, and also really look at what do they love doing? What are they passionate about? What kind of gets them out of bed in the morning? And then really niching down, because you don't have to be all things to all people. There's plenty of people that can help do that. But when you really get that niche, I think you actually have a bigger pool to draw from because you're really attracting the people that you can help the most. You're so right. And it's funny, that's, I mean, that is a big, it's an important thing in content marketing as well. And it's one of the first things I work with my people on is being really clear about who you are talking to as well as, you know, what you're saying, what you're drawing them into. Because if you're going to build that relationship between yourself and your audience, you really got to know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that it's difficult to get people to narrow down? I mean, because somebody could say, somebody that's, that sells skincare products, I've heard them say when they're at an Evil Network event and they're introducing themselves, I want to meet anyone who has skin. I mean, I know. You know <laughs> and, and for me, I always think, okay, my my head goes into overwhelm because I don't know who to introduce you to. So I say, I'll do it later, and I never get back to it. You've really got to be narrow. So when you're describing someone, the people you're talking to either really say, that's me, or they can say, okay, that's Mary Sue and Kathy. I need to connect you with them. Right, right. And I think for some um, aspects of marketing, that's, that is really key, sort of the demographics of it. When it Mm -hmm. comes to content marketing, I like to have a deeper conversation with people about it in terms of not just what they offer. So yes, anybody with skin can put lotion on it. But, you Mm -hmm. know, who are the kinds of people who are going to resonate with you? Why are they going to want to buy these products or services from you specifically as opposed to the other 500 people who sell the same kind of stuff? And that gets into the conversation of, well, you know, I really like, I don't know, sports and I would like to be with people who are physically active and they might have skin, you know, dry skin issues because they shower too much or who knows. Like it, it becomes mm-hmm. this conversation where you want your ideal client isn't necessarily just about the product or service that you offer. It's about who you work really well with and who you align mm-hmm. with and who you relate with to have those really awesome customer experiences because we've all had the not-so-good customer experiences when it's right. not in alignment. And so I think, I think it's a little bit deeper even than some people think about. Well, you, know, you said something that, and I absolutely agree, when you said, why are they going to buy from you? Because I think so many people um, – 
go to networking events or they're afraid to talk to other people that might do something similar because they're, they're afraid that it's going to take away from them. But you, know, you said something that, that really, really caught my attention, and it's people are going to resonate with certain type of people. They're not going to resonate with everyone. So I think it's important to get confident with who you are and get really clear on who you want to work with. And it's, it's like when you go to buy a car and you never see that car on the road till all of a sudden you say, that's the car I'm going to buy in that color. And all of a sudden, at least for me, they pop up everywhere. You know, it's all of a sudden yeah. it's not really unusual. It's really, it, it's, it's because it's in my sphere of awareness. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Do you see that happening? I do, and I want to tell a story. It's funny because the way it comes up in, in, in the work that I do a lot is that I really push people to share things that are personal to them, which can be challenging in business, and I get some pushback. Um, but in my own example, uh, something that's happened to me recently is I got back into my passion for dance. So. I've always loved dancing um, throughout a lot of my life. Uh, there was a period of time there when we were having kids and working and moving and living abroad where I, I just couldn't do it. And a couple of years ago, I walked back into a dance studio, mm. and it was so phenomenal. I felt like I was home. It, was, it just felt so good and it was healthy and it made me happy and it gave me more energy and all this stuff and I wanted to share it. And so I wrote a blog article about dancing and being back in dance and it didn't really have anything to do with content marketing. And I will tell you that was one of the articles that really got a lot of responses from people, that I had people connecting to me. And since then, I've been fairly um, open and creative about how to weave that piece of myself into my content. Mm -hmm. And people connect with me, not because I'm the only person who can help them write a blog, but because they think that the fact that I dance is really cool. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, we get along really well that way. And I've, I've gotten clients at my dance studio. So it's, it's one of those ways where people think of me, yes, I'm the content creation coach, but I'm the content creation coach who also dances. And that attracts a certain type of person to me. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's important for people to realize that, you are there's other things that you know make you up that that of who you are and you're not just an entrepreneur there's and i think those those pieces with people getting to know you really help attract the right people and it also shows people that you can really be passionate about multiple things and yes. i find that it's when I, when I tell people about, you know, different things that I've done, it really helps take the conversation it, more to that know, like, trust. They really get to know who you are without um, that fear of being sold to. But once people like you and know you, they want to do business with you. It's just a natural add-on. That is so, so key. And I know people have heard it over and over again, but I, I talk about it constantly is that it's not about – selling or even marketing, it's about relationship building. And I approach 
every content piece, you know, every conversation is about connecting with that person and sharing. And so real quick, you know, one of the ways I do that with content is have people think this is a little tip actually that people actionable kind of a thing is when you write content, first of all, it's always in the first person. And so that means mm-hmm. you're writing, you have to look for that word I talking a little bit about yourself, whether it's, you know, I experienced it this way or the story about what happened to me so that you are in, in there somewhere. And then you also look for the word you, you the reader. How does this relate to you? Can you, you know, do you see yourself here? Um, and sometimes it's with rhetorical questions or sometimes, you know, you, you're just talking through your content so that it's, I'm always looking for the words I and you so that you're building that relationship between the two people. That's what it's all about. I love that tip. I, I love that tip. And I just um, saw that you've got um, the book Content That Dances. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I published it in January of 2018 on my 40th birthday. Um, wow, and congratulations. I had, I, thank you very much. We did. We hit number one on multiple categories on Amazon, and it's been quite a journey. Um, but as I mentioned before, I had, to, I had to include the dancing part in the book as well because that's a piece of who I am. And so it's kind of woven, woven into that as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love how you've taken something that you're passionate about and really brought that into what you're doing to build and grow your business. Exactly. It's, in a way, it's, it's kind of the personal brand, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a piece of that that people don't always know what that other piece is, but that's one of my favorite conversations to have with people is what, what sets you apart? What do you love? Mm-hmm. What could you bring into this? What could you share that's really cool about you? Um, and that, you know, back to one of your earlier um, statements or questions about, you know, content being overwhelming or, you know, this thing that people procrastinate on, it makes it a lot more fun if you're getting to share these kinds of stories and build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get anyone um, that doesn't want to share anything personal or really pushes back on you? Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm good enough at putting this in my own content that they kind of know when they, by the time they come and work with me that this is, this is how I approach it. Um, mm. I, have, I, I have a client right now actually that was a referral through a marketing agency that's going to be a challenge that way. Um, mm. And I think there's always, there's always creative ways. It doesn't have to be, so some people feel like, I don't want it to be about me, 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 like me on a pedestal. And that's, that's not what I'm talking about. It mm-hmm. can literally be that I statement in your blog article can be one sentence about, you know, I relate to this because, I, you know, I don't know. And I, what did I write one of my blog articles about, you know, in my kitchen when I open my refrigerator and there's a whole bunch of stuff and I need to put it together in a creative way to come up with dinner. And that was a metaphor that I used to, to illustrate a point. It doesn't have to be, you know, your deep personal stuff that you're sharing. <laughs> mm. um, and one thing I did, one way that I can sometimes help people think through it 
um, and actually I created this around my book launch, was 40 topic starters. And they are categorized into um, the I category, so about, about the writer, the business owner, and the U category, which is about the customer, the reader, the audience. And so there's a lot of prompts and starters and questions in there where people start to think like, oh, yeah, I could share about that. Or I did go on this, you know, cool trip or had this cool experience that I could share that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a way to, to get people thinking about ways to do it that they're, that they're good with. Interesting. I like that with that, that 40 um, topic starters. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, we need to take a real quick break, um, but I want to come back and continue the conversation. And I want to talk. I know that um, you've got a group called Passionate Podcasters. So I want to learn a little bit about that. And then I want to have just talk a little bit about how people approach content creation. Um, Because I know a lot of people have a lot of content, but they don't have a way to to put it together and actually turn it into something. So I'd love Mm. to, um, to get your thoughts on that when we come back. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're talking with Sarah Schwab, the founder of Content Creation Coach. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you absolutely want to go back and listen to it. She gave us some great tips on how to really have a conversation and how to use 
the word I and then how to use the word you to really draw your reader, the person you're trying to attract in. And she talked about the 40 topic starters that um, she's outlined in her book. So you definitely want to check that out. I want to shift just a little bit, Sarah, and talk, because I know you've got a group called Passionate Podcasters. So can you just tell us a little bit about that and what led you to put that together? Absolutely. So podcasting is um, a form of content that I have been uh, on the sidelines of and decided it was time to um, roll that in. So I was going to be starting my own podcast, which is called uh, Inspired and Amused, with the muse part of amused being mm. key right there. <laughs> so mm. I'd love for people to check that out. But as a content creation coach and someone who is starting a podcast, I thought I want to create a community for other people who are interested in it, because I know there's lots of folks out there who look at podcasting and they think it would be a great platform um, and they want to get started. And there's a lot of, what I find is there's a lot of groups out there that are fairly technical and it's about, you know, the microphones and the setup and the whatever. But what I bring to it as a content coach is, mm -hmm. you know, the messaging and how are you going to really engage your listeners and how, what's the format going to be like and how are you going to leverage this in your business, in your content strategy and those kinds of things. And so mm -hmm. that's what the Passionate Podcasters community is all about. And what we do, uh, we get together twice a month online uh, and what, for one of the sessions I bring in podcasters who are experienced, have had, you know, done, been down that road. They have their show and they share with us what they've learned along the way, um, what they recommend, you know, what works for them, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And then the other session is a content session where I get to talk about um, the pieces I, I mentioned about how podcasting fits into your content marketing strategy, how to really use it, how to you know, be effective, more effective with it in those ways. Interesting. I love that. And um, Michael and I have been doing um, a podcast for almost four years now, which I can't absolutely believe. Amazing. And we've got over um, 100,000 um, downloads, which, you know, just we kept watching the numbers. And it's just it's exciting to be able to do that. But what Michael's done, which has really, I think, been amazing, is taken the content and really pulled out some themes and is in the process of finalizing um, his book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. So really taking that content from our conversations, from the people we've talked to, and to turn that into a book. So it's not creating it from scratch. So there's so many ways you can use content. Well, I have to tell you too, so my book that you mentioned, Content That Dances, mm -hmm. was also a culmination, um, in my case, of, of blog articles that I wrote for the first four years about of my business. And when you have that, you know, library of content to draw from, um, mm -hmm. you can repurpose it in so many ways. So creating a book, creating even courses, you know, mm -hmm. mixing it together for, for opt-in pieces. So yeah, and, and 
I, I want to mention one other thing because you've talked about, um, you know, the, the repurposing is a great benefit of content. And all these mm-hmm. people that you've connected with and interviewed over those last four years. And I, I've heard a lot of my podcasting guests and other content folks who say, you know, the benefits of content go beyond just the leads and the potential clients. It's about becoming, you know, someone that people want to talk to, someone that, you know, you can connect with those folks, you can interview those folks and the relationships that they've built. So I love, I really think creating content and building your your platform in that way has these hidden benefits that people um, don't even realize sometimes. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And I think so many people think that they have to constantly be creating new content. And I think they miss the opportunity to look at what they've got and to repurpose it so that they can leverage it. And I'd love your thoughts on that because I talk to people that say, I've got to go spend time creating this program. And when we talk to them, we realize they've got everything they need. They don't need more content. They need more tangible products, programs, and services that they can actually monetize packaged in a way that actually really helps build their business. Yes, absolutely. And I know you guys are tremendous at that. I work with a lot of people who probably aren't quite there. Um, And one thing I talk about, and I, I talk about this in my book, is the effectiveness over time of, of content, sort of the, the Im- impact versus effort. Mm-hmm. So I'll try and do this without, I know people can't really look at the chart here, but in the beginning, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it is a little bit challenging. If you don't have anything, you ha- don't have a blog, you're just starting out, um, you do have to create content on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. You do have to get started. And in the beginning, there aren't probably a ton of people reading your first article or listening to your first episode, right? Right. It's really, it's a long game. I tell people this content marketing is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But Mm -hmm. over time, what happens is the effort goes down. It gets easier. You get better at, you know, the form of of content that you're creating. Um, You are able to start repurposing once you have that library built up. It gets easier and it gets more effective and your audience is growing and your reputation is growing and your connections are growing. And so there's this point where the, the chart kind of crosses in the middle where suddenly the impact is far outweighs the effort and it makes a ton of sense. But I, I know it's not like that necessarily in the beginning. So that's where I come in and really mm-hmm. help people to build that up. Well, and I like that impact versus effort. And you're absolutely right. When we started our our podcast, I mean, you know, we were getting in a month what now in, in number of listens we now get, you know, within days. So it does go up over time. You're absolutely yeah. correct. And I think people what they often do is they look at someone else's middle or end and expect their beginning to be there. So how do you get people to, to realize that it is a, a process? And I, I love the way you put it, you know, it's a marathon versus a sprint. You know, that it does take time and you really need to keep going at it. Because I think so many people give up 
you know, right. three people they write that gold. first article and or they send out five newsletters and they say this isn't working and it's like, well, right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta stick with it. Um, and really, it does come down to telling stories like yours and so many others. Some of my clients, where you know, it took maybe a year, but now they're able to show what what they've accomplished from it and what they've generated from it and all of those kinds of things. And beyond that, when I first outline my strategy with people and we look at where they are now and what they kind of need to to build, they -hmm. can see like, okay, this is going to take a little while to build up to that. Um, And so they kind of have a sense of that from the beginning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it really is important for people to realize that it isn't an overnight thing, and it does take time, you know, and consistency. It's interesting because one of the um, the the things we heard over and over from our interviews that we talk a lot about in the book is persistence drives results. It because yeah. it really does. You've got to stick with it, and you know, if you believe in it, put together a plan and do a little bit each day and just keep at it and pretty soon who I never would have thought we'd be doing this four years later I mean it it's like but it just it all of a sudden and it's evolved over time what we're doing now is very different than when we started but that's how it all you know that's what you do you get more comfortable you get more well-known everything falls together and then it flows beautifully absolutely well and and I love the word evolved because I think people think like, oh, I have to just do this thing, the same thing every week forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. But really when you get into it, it doesn't feel that way because as you said, you know, it, it changes over time. And I will tell you from my experience and others, content creation is simultaneously it's a way to share what you know, but it's also a way to learn and grow and evolve your business because you, as you start hearing from people or gaining clarity about the, the things that you're writing about, coming up with new ways to talk about them, you know, that's how you know, my system and my talk and my programs and things like that have all come out of just my practice creating content. Mm-hmm. And I think that I makes it really, that. really exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I love the way that you've explained it. I think you, um, and I think people need to understand they've got to start someplace and getting someone when they're starting, like yourself, that can help them and really help them get clear on what they're doing also gives them a plan so you're not just shooting darts at the wall and you're really doing it strategically because I think that helps you gain momentum and traction faster and then also be able to use that content so you can put it together in different ways and and create different things with it. Exactly. Well, and I can explain, if I can take a minute to just explain, Mm -hmm. we've touched on a lot of different kinds of content. Sometimes I think people just get confused or overwhelmed. Like I have to be creating it all the time, but then I can mush it together into these other pieces. And so what I've done is I've come up with a way to explain the strategy um, and if you'll indulge me, I call it, it's my uh-huh. content marketing water park. And so there's actually three types of content really that, that people need or that people can, can have in their business. The first I call nurturing content. Uh-huh. And that's the kind that 
you have to create on a consistent basis. You're putting it out. It's free. You want to you know, get it in front of as many people as you can in order to drive traffic and build awareness and um, you know, grow your, your following. Mm-hmm. Then we have catalyst content. Catalyst content is different. Those are the pieces you only have to create once, but they are a little bit more involved and they require some engagement with people. So things like opt-in pieces where they're giving you their name and email address or you know, things like webinars where they have to show up or even um, events and speaking and things like that, I consider that to be catalyst content because you're sharing value with people and you're sort of you're connected and connecting to them so that you can follow up with them. Um, so that's the second option. And I think of catalyst content as the, the ride, the funnel in the water park, you know, where people are mm-hmm. sliding down. And when they come out the bottom of a funnel, some, some of them hopefully will engage with you and, and buy something from you or hire you. But we all mm-hmm. know that most of them won't necessarily right away that first time. Mm-hmm. And so what we do with those folks is we drop them in a lazy river. Do you know what I'm talking? Have you ever been to a mm-hmm. water park before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the lazy river is where everybody's in their tubes and they're moving around in this circle. That is the nurturing content. And the job of the mm-hmm. nurturing content is to keep them moving forward and, you know, growing, deepening that relationship. You've got to keep them moving so that if you just disappear, then they're kind of stuck, they get bored, and they leave. Um, but if they're moving along and they're having a good time in the lazy river, um, that's how you're able to keep people engaged. But mm-hmm. then here's the last piece of this, is that a lot of times people think the lazy river is how you, you know, continue to sell things to people, mm-hmm. and it's not. They think, well, my email newsletter is not generating sales. Well, that's not what it's for. Your email newsletter is for deepening and building maintaining that relationship. And then in order to get them out of the lazy river, you need another funnel. And so then you give them another opportunity. You give them another catalyst piece. Here's this thing. Here I'm doing a webinar or here's an event or here's a you know, seasonal thing that I created for you and get them mm-hmm. engaged again um, in order to work with you. And once I show people this, and I I actually work with people to try to create multiple funnels, you know, maybe even say once a quarter to -hmm. keep this system really flowing and bringing in new people and growing. And then it's like, it's like a big water park. (laughs) Mm. And that's what we're trying to build. And when they see it from the beginning where all they've got is, you know, one dinky little water slide, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they can kind of tell like, okay, this, I need to build something a little more, more engaging. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that because it gives them a vision of where they, they can figure out where they are and then they can see where they want to go. And for someone like myself that's a visual person, it's very helpful because then I can see how I'm moving through that process. But I love the way um, you describe it. So that's a great way to um, end our conversation. I can't believe it's, it's time already. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you have to offer? 
Absolutely. The main way is for people to visit my website, which is contentcreationcoach.com. Of course, I have all sorts of articles and resources there for folks to check out. Um, so I hope they'll do that. There's a link to my book, which is available on Amazon. Um, and I'm, of course, I'm also on social media. Probably the best one is Facebook. I'm also at Content Creation Coach there. And I would love to hear from anybody um, who's listening today and has thoughts or questions from, from our conversation. Perfect. And we'll put a link to your um, website, Content Creation Coach, on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page also. So I'd love to end our conversations with asking our guests to share a tip that our listeners can implement to help them build, grow, and leverage their business. Wow. Um, I would say that one of my favorite tips, and this you'll like this as a podcaster. I put this in a in a. Um, I created a content creation challenge at one point for people who just feel stuck. They don't know, um, and they don't, like, like the writer's block thing. You open up a Word document or you're not sure what to do. Have a conversation with someone and record it. John L. knows this is, this is powerful. It's almost like starting a podcast, but have a conversation with someone and record it. Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised if you were to transcribe that or if you go back and listen to it and write it down, it's the beginning of a piece of content and the ideas that can come from just that, that conversation um, to become yeah. maybe your topic list or to become a blog article or to become a, a piece like that. I, it's a great way to start is to have that conversation and, and record it and listen back to it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that and for everything you shared today. It's been a great conversation. My pleasure, Janelle. Thanks again for having me. Oh, my pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our business builder. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting 
creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about pricing and why it's so important to have different products at different price points. We have this conversation all the time and always get asked, how do I determine what to price my product or my course at? And people always say when we respond, well, what if no one will pay that? So I'm really excited about today's conversation. And I think a great place for us to start, Michael, is to talk about price points and why they're so important. They are important, and it's really important as your business grows that you have offerings at different price points for different audiences. When your business is new as a coach, you can have just one-on-one coaching, and that works fine. But as it starts to grow, as you start to get more and more busy, you want to start to expand your audience. And really the only way you can do that Uh, because you only have so many hours in the day for coaching and because there's only so many people out there that can pay whatever the price is you've set for your coaching, you you need to have products that appeal to entry-level, low-end, basic buyers as well as medium and high-end buyers. So it's really important to have that wide range. It's also important to recognize that some clients will be working with you for the first time and so they're going to want a relatively simple straightforward solution that they can apply right away typically though as they work with you and they want to know more and more and get more and more interested in what your knowledge is what your experience is they're going to want more and more uh, advanced courses or advanced knowledge or uh, advanced uh, work with you in a more intimate way so that's going to be a little bit higher price point. So it's important to have that range. Well, and I think it's important to remind our listeners that when they're developing products, it's really important to have done that one-on-one coaching first because that's where you really understand what people are asking for and you really understand what your process is, which is one of the first steps to getting started to be able to then to leverage that. Yeah, it really is. And we've talked about that in other business builders that once you've done that coaching, once you've worked with actual clients, then you have a much better understanding of what resonates with them, what they need more explanation on, um, what they need to know in order to really achieve results. And then you can take that and package it up at different price points. And the important thing is to really recognize that you need to know the price point or the intended price point before you actually start to develop an offering. We have so many clients come to us and they want an e-course done, for example. And the first question we ask is, okay, that's great, we can do that. At what price point are you gonna offer this? And they don't know. Well. As you can imagine, a course that's developed for a a $99 price uh, 
is going to be significantly different from a, a course that's developed for a $699 price. People that are investing more money are going to expect more value, more hand-holding, more information. They're going to expect a much richer experience. At the $99 price point, for example, their expectations for the, all of that are not nearly as high. That doesn't mean it's not as valuable. That may be all they need or all they can afford at that point in time, but their expectations are quite a bit lower than if they're paying six or seven or eight hundred dollars for the course. No, absolutely. And the thing I love about the process that you take people through is you give them all the pieces, whether they're correct, whether they're putting together a ninety-nine dollar course or a $699 course, the key is making sure that the people that are taking your training are getting the results. And I think we sometimes, we know that that's what our intention is, but we don't always put everything together so they get that result. And if they don't get the result, they're not as likely to come back to you and say, I want more. The goal is after each step of your training is to have something you can take them to the next level and go deeper with you and learn more and build on what they've done to really launch their business. Absolutely. And, and what you just described, some people refer to as a PSPS strategy, where the letters stand for problem, solution, problem, solution. And what that really means is that each product you provide, each service you provide, should provide a solution for your clients, a solution to some problem that they have. But it also ideally should create another problem for them, which then a higher end product that you have or service that you have provides a solution for. And then that creates another problem. So let me give you a couple of examples. One is um, we did some uh, work with a sales consultant and they were really a genius in the sales area and how to actually go out and engage with clients and turn those, or excuse me, engage with prospects and turn those prospects into clients. And they had a uh, online e-course that was recorded and that was a great solution. But once you had done that solution, some people were fine with that. They could go out and implement it. It was great. They got a lot of additional sales. Everything was fine. Other clients decided that even though that was great information, they wanted some handholding. They wanted some additional coaching. Their clients were a little different. They wanted to be able to try out some of the things they had learned in the course and then come back and get additional coaching on how to get over objections or how to position products the way that would be most advantageous. So that's a little bit higher end solution. So the initial e-course provided a solution. The new problem was they needed coaching. And that was another offering that this particular consultant offered. Um, another uh, example would be um, something that we do all the time where we create courses. We can have, we can coach people in how to create their own course, give them the templates, give them the structure, give them everything they need to go off and create it on their own. That solves the problem. But now there's another problem. They don't have the time to actually go out and do that. And we can do it much faster. So then we solve that problem by having a done for you approach. So we will take everything that they know about their topic. We'll then create the course for them. So it's again, it's a problem solution, problem solution approach. 
And I always challenge people because they say in the done for you solution, the first thing that comes to mind is I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And I would really challenge people to think about it differently. And I have this conversation over and over again is what is your time worth? Because we see people that said six, nine, 12 months ago that they were going to go create a course. And because it's not their area of expertise, they kept setting it aside and saying, I'll work on it later because other things come up for them. And if you can actually have someone do it for you, they can be out delivering that course in six weeks. So think of the revenue that you can be bringing in versus having another item on your to-do list that you're not getting done. It really makes a big difference in your end result. It absolutely does. And in fact, I when you were saying that, it might immediately went to someone we were talking with about developing an e-course and we began talking with her about it in January of this year and she said oh I absolutely it's one of my commitments I'm going to do an e-course this year and we said hey great we can help you with that and she says no I have it well now it's October and she hasn't started yet we see her every month at a networking event and she keeps saying yeah, yeah I'm going to start that next month well, now it's November or now it's October, as I said. So just think about it this way. If she could have created that course back in January or February or March of this year, um, she could have probably done the course twice now. And let's say she sold it for $300, probably what she was looking at was a lot more, but let's just say $300. And let's say she could have gotten 10 people into that course, again, a very conservative number. So $300 times 10 people times two sessions, that's $6,000 that she could have already made this year very conservatively, and she's still thinking about developing it. And I can tell you from our experience, developing that course, if you were to have a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit do it for you, it would be less than $6,000. So a lot she, less. She could have already been in the black and making money every time she ran the course and she's still thinking about developing it. So it just makes no sense. She would have more than paid for it, doing it, you know, one time. So I think it's important for people to really just ask themselves, what's the best use of my time? So are there ideal price points for planned courses? Yeah, you know, the price points really depend on the business you're in, what your goals are, what your clients' needs are. There's really a lot of variation. But in general, starting out, it's usually a good rule of thumb to have one entry-level course or one entry-level offering. And that's usually in the $100 to $400 range, somewhere in that. I would propose it's more on the high end of that at $399 or maybe even $499, something like that. And then have a middle level offering at the maybe $600 to $1,500 range. And then have a higher level offering above that, maybe at $2,000, $2,500, somewhere in that range. And that really gives just about anybody that you talk to at a networking event or at a speaking gig or anywhere you are, an option that will likely fit their investment uh, objectives and their need for for advancement or, or entry level. So if you have those three, you really can can 
really satisfy most everyone that you meet. Um, there's obviously other things you can do, but just starting out, don't make it too complicated. Start out with just a nice entry level, a nice mid-level, and a high-end level. And, and then, of course, as you gain experience and you gain clients um, and you gain testimonials, you can start to raise those prices up. But those are pretty good price ranges for starting out. Well, and I love the fact that you help people really put together their product strategy because there is a whole strategy behind it that I know we've talked about on a previous business builder. And I would invite everyone who's listening today to go to Facebook, to our Turn Knowledge to Profit page and ask us your questions about developing products. And if you're ready to start developing your products or you are interested in putting together a strategy, set up a call with Michael and you can email him at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk, the number two, p.com. And get started developing your products. It is your pipeline to creating more profit and having a bigger impact, reaching those people who need and want to learn from you. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.